Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We would like to welcome a new sponsor to Satellite Sisters. Liz, you know, we say satellites... This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Listen more, learn more in 2016. Over 150,000 downloadable audiobooks and courses at Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters for your free 30-day trial. Thanks, Audible, for supporting Satellite Sisters. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. It is the first show of 2016. Wow, Julie Dolan in Dallas. What do you think of that? 2016. I can't believe it, Leanne. I'm very excited. I've, uh, I'm sitting here side saddle in my seat, ready, ready for the show, Leanne. Of course, I'm going to explain that we will be explaining the side saddle reference uh, later in this podcast. Our people get it. Our people get it, Julie. We don't have to worry about the Satellite Sisterhood. They are on top of everything. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, where I'm giddy to announce that it's pouring rain. So it is finally, finally, finally the start of this promised El Nino. I know it's freezing in the rest of the world, and I know the Northwest is sick of rain, but I cannot even tell you, this is a gift. This is a gift, this rain. Very excited that we're finally going to get some rain after four really bad years of drought. So that things are looking up already for 2016, Joel. Looking up already for us here. Okay, sounds good. All right, all right. Now, we do have a full show. As Julie mentioned, we are back with our recap of Downton Abbey. We call it Downton Gabby. If you are new to Satellite Sisters and you haven't heard our recap before, but perhaps you've heard other TV recaps, then you know the drill. <laughs> we, we just watch the show like you do, and then we recap it. Uh, we've been doing Downton Abbey was our first recap, and, so, and it was such a striking success that that's when we started doing others. But uh, we are looking forward to counting down the final episode, the final seasons with all of the Downton Abbey fans in the Satellite Sisterhood. Julie, I didn't read one thing about Downton Abbey. I didn't want to read one thing about it. I didn't read any of the press before no, the season I mean, started. I, same thing, and I like to go, to go to the shows with a fresh mind. I don't need other people to tell, tell me what I should think about Downton Abbey, no. right? <laughs> and, and that is the kind of in-depth analysis you're going to get on Downton Gabby, okay? If if you refuse to read any kind of other media about it, we're your girls. Uh, okay, so we have that coming up at the end of the show, but always at the beginning of the year, I announce my theme for the year. There have mm-hmm. been people inquiring on the Facebook page, Joel. What's your theme? I was surprised, delighted to see that, Leanne. I look forward to hearing your theme. And because of uh, sibling peer pressure, I have come up with my own theme, Leanne. So I'll be announcing that as well. Okay. Well, how do you do? Uh, Also, uh, we have your themes from the Facebook page. A lot of people out there creating their own themes this year. We're going to announce some of those. We have some news stories. We only followed a couple news stories over the holidays. And wow, it's everything from the affluenza mom to raccoon news. So (laughs) I'm telling you, Leanne, wait till you hear about the news about raccoons. Okay. All right. I can't. I can't wait, Joel. I can't wait. And Julie is going to her first author event all by herself. She's going to an author festival in Nacogdoches, Texas. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Close enough, Leanne. Close enough. All right, so we're going to hear all about that because unlike maybe some of the author events I've been to where it involves panel discussions, Julie's involves a costume. (laughs) I know. I know, and you're all laughing about it. All, we're all laughing. We yeah. are all laughing. But first, we would like to thank Audible for supporting Satellite Sisters. Julie. I think it's a great selection, Leon. It's a great compliment to Downton Abbey. Yes. All uh, right. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Indeed, Th- as they would say, Leon. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks to Audible for support of the Satellite Sisters podcast. We appreciate it. And thanks to the Satellite Sisterhood for supporting the people that support us. All right. So, Jewel, 
What'd you do over the holidays? Okay, seven things, Leanne. Here's Ooh. my list of what I did. Number one, I did not have a low-key Christmas. <laughs> Remember, we talked about this uh, on our, our last podcast of the year. The instructions from my married, from my son, my grown son, was low-key mom Christmas Eve. Uh, and you back-channeled me, Leanne, and you said low-key is for losers. Just go for it, <laughs> right? Didn't you? I I knew you weren't low key when I saw the family photos. It involved shirt and tie and blazer. No one in those photos was low key at all. No, and I'm glad, Leanne. I, everybody loved every every all the extras that I brought to the Christmas Eve dinner. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. Okay, number two, Leanne. We survived that tornado. Now you know there was a tragic, tragic tornado here in, in Texas. And so odd. They, they only have tornadoes in December, like only, you know, it's very, very rare. And, you know, and there was terrible loss of life, including some a newborn baby. I mean, it just are heartbreaking stories. And it was a giant tornado. It was an EF4. So the devastation is incredible. Um, the good news is that, you know, the, you know, people have responded in such a great way. And, you know, there's more that you can do if you want to donate to the Red Cross to help the families that lost everything uh, during the tornado. At my house, the sl- alarms were going off, Leon. Oh. And so, uh, so here's the breakdown. So I was my daughter-in-law and my son and my husband and, of course, Josephine were staying with us. Uh, so daughter-in-law and, and me, we're ready. We are in the, you know, the interior bathroom, downstairs bathroom. I have my flashlights. I have my, I have my shoes. I have my car keys. I have brought in, you know, like big cushions to protect us. Uh, and my husband is the doubting Thomas. He is like sitting in the living room. He won't get in the closet. I was like, hurry up. And of course my son is like, what's this all about? He again, does not have any tornado background whatsoever and was doubting the seriousness of it. So uh, that's not good. That sounds like a really stressful situation. (laughs) Not good. I'm glad you guys stayed safe. We stayed safe. I was, there was a lot of concern for you on the Facebook page. You have to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. I learned that from living in Texas. Uh, It's very unpredictable. You know, we were monitoring it. Uh, you know, and you just, when those sirens go off, you need to take shelter. So that's, that's it. Number three, Lynn, I have learned, I have committed to memory the entire CD, uh, Adele's 25 CD. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Joel. Yes. I'm proud okay. of you. So that was good. I saw the movie, The Big Short, twice. Oh. We liked it so much. We saw it twice. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. It is just it's a fast-paced, interesting story, well acted, um, and it's and it's a good viewing of the, both the first and the second time. So I would recommend that. Um, I also was duped by Rhea Drummond, the pioneer woman. I yeah. just want you to know I'm, yeah. I've been duped by her, Leanne. Yeah. She uh, she did a show, a fifteen-minute stir-fry Thai dinner. I was like, oh, I'm all in on that. What? Let's do it, Rhea. Well, it doesn't take 15 right. minutes, Rhea. You know this, Leanne. I fall for it all the time. I don't know why. Because just the chop-chop, it I takes a half an hour on time. I know. Fair. My husband's like, this is taking longer than 15 <laughs> minutes, which is nice. That's so helpful. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Okay. Saw so two very interesting TV shows. One I'd re- really recommend called Narcos on netflix i've heard this is great i have not it's seen it but it's the and, real yeah it's the real story of the colombian war you know uh drug lords filmed in colombia with a uh, with a lot of colombian actors it is really riveting so uh, i would recommend narcos and um i was uh i was also we were drawn into the making of a murderer oh, have you seen okay. this Leon? no, no. I, I consumed a lot less media than you did. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, it's on our to-do list, uh, yes. both those shows to watch. Very, very good. And finally, I read a very fine book. Uh, if uh, Machu Picchu is on your bucket list or you're planning to go, a wonderful historical fiction called The Gold Eaters by Ronald Wright. And uh, this is set in Pissarro's time, and it's about Peru um, during the, the period of the Spanish conquistadors. So very interesting book, and I enjoyed it, Leanne. Wow. So there, you 
Seven things feels like if I felt like a very good vacation. So all excellent. All. Oh, you know what? Can you do me a favor and send me a list of all those things you just recommended? I will. I will. And, My uh, seven tips. Yeah, I will. I will make sure that that gets posted at SatelliteSisters.com and on the Facebook page. If you're ever looking for anything we mention on the show, we do write up show notes at SatelliteSisters.com. I know a lot of people get direct downloads from iTunes or Stitcher or various podcast apps. But if you need something, it's usually over there at SatelliteSisters.com. All right, Julie, well done. That sounds like a really fun vacation. Yes. No, of course, I won't include the fact that Reed uh, Drummond duped me. No No links to that bogus recipe. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to include that. I know. I'm sure she didn't mean it. I'm sure it wasn't. um, She seems like a nice person. She does seem like a nice person. Okay. Although I don't think I'd take Thai recipe advice from a pioneer woman. I mean, (laughs) you think that was my problem? It was 15 minutes, Leanne. See, that's what, that's what lured me in. 15 minutes. I have 15 minutes. I like Thai. There you go. <laughs> well, I had a fantastic holiday too. I did a lot of cooking. We did. We went to the Big Short as well. We saw a couple of other movies. I read a lot of novels, which I really enjoyed. And I don't have the list of novels prepared here, but I did a lot of reading. So that's why I didn't watch as much television. And the fact that my husband falls asleep at like like eight o'clock now. So. <laughs> It really cuts into our TV viewing when he's asleep on the couch. Um, But anyway, fantastic vacation, too. Very relaxing after a very busy fall for me. uh, It was really fun to sort of clear my mind, get away from social media for a little bit, not work at all, just really enjoy being around with the kids, which is why um, I actually have created my new motto for 2016, Jewel. I can't wait. I can't wait. What is it, Leanne? So here it is. It's fresh start, start fresh. Okay, it's a. Oh, 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 this is complex. Okay, you're gonna. Can you explain that? Fresh yeah. start. Start fresh. I looked. I, I considered a couple of other things. First, I considered after that inspirational performance by Aretha Franklin of "Natural Woman." Oh. I considered "Natural Woman" as my 2016 motto, and then I realized that was just going to devolve into explanations of "Yes, I am still shaving my underarm." You know what I mean? Like. like That was going to have all kinds of weird implications that I didn't want to have to explain. I think it was going to send you in the wrong direction, Liam, down the wrong lane. I mean, I was thinking it was about health and being who you really are and expressing yourself, but it's really about underarm hair and that. So I just decided to step away from that. And then, you know, our friend Claire Cook, the writer and author who's been on the show several times on Satellite Sisters, she had a new ebook out. She has a new ebook out and she's going to come on Satellite Sisters in a couple of weeks to talk about it. But the title of the the book is shine on how to grow awesome not old which i oh, I, I thought was that so That's... i love that too and i thought i'm gonna steal shine on shine on it has like galactic implications but it's also a way of saying to people hey buddy shine on you know it's good <laughs> It's big and it's tiny and I liked it. But then I thought, well, that's kind of Claire's thing. That's not my thing. So I I was thinking about what lies ahead for me in 2016. And there are a lot of things that are going to be brand new for me. I'm going to be an empty nester for the first time. Uh, But I have uh, my son Brooks is finally moving out of the house next week. (laughs) Can we say hallelujah? Yes. Can I get an amen? And for those of you who haven't been following along, he took a gap year and then ended up changing up his college plans. He goes to a college here in Pasadena, a design school, but they don't have any dorms. So long story short, he has ended up living at home much longer than either one of us intended. It wasn't like he didn't want to leave and it wasn't like I didn't want him to leave. It's just very expensive to live in Los Angeles and you have to sign all kinds of 12-month leases. So long story short, we have secured uh, a place for Brooks to live. We bought a condo. So I was doing a lot of, uh, speaking of the big short, I was doing a lot of that this week. Uh, so Brooks will be moving out next week. And then my son, Colin, got into college. He will be going to school in Olympia, Washington at the Evergreen State College. He's very excited. say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, I am wrapping things up, Julie. I'm wrapping up motherhood. I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> 
Well, not really. Liam. I'm just, I, just uh, I don't want to. I don't want to burst your bubble because you're uh, fresh starting. Fresh start. Starting fresh. Start fresh. But that. But it's not over. Okay. <laughs> but but one portion of the day to day aspect of motherhood, basically the grocery shopping, the laundry. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the nagging that should be wrapping up uh, by mid September when Colin goes off to college. So I thought, okay, fresh start. Start fresh. Like whole new uh, part of my life. I love the word fresh. I like the word start. You can have different implications. Hey, fresh, start. <laughs> Get it? Fresh. No, I don't. Not really. <laughs> hey, that's that a good idea. sounded a little like rude or something. No. Hey, that's a good idea. Fresh. Start it. Start. <laughs> See, you got to work You've with been me. been practicing Jill. this. I think it's good. Like, yeah. It's been so, growing. And then there is a couple of creative projects that I've either wanted to work on or put aside because we had a book coming out in 2015 that I need a fresh start on. So okay. I absolutely need to do that. I think it opens up possibilities for relationships, things that may have gone wrong. A fresh start, start fresh on relationships, on whatever health issues, whatever healthy living, healthy activities I want to do. Add more fresh vegetables, start. <laughs> Get it? Fresh start. Start fresh. Like, I got it. I got it. Leanne, it's very optimistic. Not holding on. I'm not I, holding I, on to stuff. I'm not holding good. on to stuff. I, I think it's, it's very, uh, it's very forward, uh, looking yes. and optimistic yes. and, uh, you know, it doesn't require uh, a lot of deep intro introspection either, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. right. You can just start fresh. Just, right. just don't look back. Right. You know? Just that's start good. fresh. I think fresh that's, start. you don't just, have to. Yeah. Just. Move on. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's it. 2016. Fresh start. Start fresh. <laughs> Leon, I like it. I'm Thank you, Joe. I, I think it's it's inspiring. You Thank know, you, and Jill. because you have picked you and Liz have always picked themes for the year. I I feel enormous pressure to pick a theme too. So, <laughs> but this year I was really in the mood. But I I was not as original as you. But uh, but I end to I intend to be as deliberate as you uh, in terms of trying to live out my new theme. But I, I'm going with Pope Francis, Year of Mercy. That's it, Leanne. For me, that just really, you know, you don't need to be Catholic to get in on this one. You know, just to really to be more um, merciful in everything. You know, and I've I've looked up a couple of sites about you know 56 things you can do to be more merciful, and you know, some are you know, then there's some great things there. You know, just less sarcasm in your life. Mm. Start all conversations with a kind word. Reaching out to people who might be lonely that you suspect might be lonely. You know, uh, just holding your tongue, zip it. You know, you know what I mean, Leanne? Right, you know, that, right. All of these things can really make um, be good. A, a simple one that I saw um, that apparently uh, Cardinal Tim Dolan, uh, you know, who is uh, Pope Francis's <laughs> best friend, as far as we can tell, and he and is, I'm sure a distant cousin. Uh, we hope that he's a distant cousin. <laughs> he carries around five dollar mcdonald's gift cards in his pocket oh. and so when he sees uh, someone in need uh he just gives them one of the gift cards which i think is a great thing so i yeah. went out got, i have gift cards i have them in my car now i have them in my purse and I, i'm just uh, it's one of many many acts that i'm going to do so thank you for inspiring me to have a theme for the year. All right, Julie, well, that's good. I like it. The year of mercy. Now I asked this question on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, do you have a theme for the year? Would you want to share it with us? And we got a lot of responses. So we're not the only people thinking about instead of resolutions, this list of three or four things that you're going to do over again, get more organized, lose weight, you know, dye your hair, whatever. You're just, you're thinking in terms of broader themes. So I wanted to share some with the audience at large. If you're still shopping for a theme for 26, if fresh start, start fresh doesn't work for you or the year of mercy, how about a couple of these from the Satellite Sisterhood? Full of joy. All right. That's a nice theme. Joy is Very a wonderful nice. word. That's a great one. Trust my gut. Solid. Okay. We had opposing themes. Say yes and say no. Those are, <laughs> <laughs> but we understand both of those, right? Yeah. Both appropriate. And yeah. they both could be, you know, they both could really lead to profound changes in your life. Yes. Right. I matter. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. How about dream, inspire, create? It's a okay. three-part theme. That's big. That's a lot of work to do. Uh, that is much deeper than mine. Uh, be open 
is a, is a good one because I think people, it's easy to get closed up these days to sort of stay in your bubble. Uh, take care of business. Sometimes you got to do that, right? Sometimes you just got to focus on, right. on that's business. A, that, that's, you have years like that where that's, the, that's a good theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, one woman, Christina, said uh, she's going to be an empty nester too. It's her 25th wedding anniversary this year. So it's the year of marriage. She's focusing on her marriage. Excellent. We like that, Leanne. You know, we support marriage. Yes. Once every 25, 25 years. <laughs> now, Leanne, that would be sarcasm, Leanne, would okay. you just... Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, we just had our 23rd anniversary, my husband and I, and all day long, you just kept saying, can you believe it's been 23 years? Like, just... I, I know. You two are in the mindset that you're 25 years old. I know. You two have... A, you cling to that, that you are the youngest. Woo-hoo. Okay. Okay. Just impossible to believe. Right. Uh, I like this one. I cannot make everyone happy. I am not pizza. So... <laughs> I would love to see that on a t-shirt. I would buy that t-shirt. I actually think um, fresh start, start fresh would make an excellent t-shirt. Okay. Um, Robin put down her theme and it was a lot of words, but it was basically what used to be the motto on the chaos chronicles, which was embrace your chaos. So Robin, I want you to rethink your, your theme. If you just need a short phrase, go with embrace your chaos. Cause it was all about accepting what she can change and and you know seeing beauty in the mess robin i'm going to suggest uh embrace your chaos for you uh i like this the quote from hamilton someone was inspired by the broadway play i want to be in the room where it happens and i'm not throwing away my shot that's that's a good one that's kind of okay stay stay present was another very ambitious i like that very positive and then then we just had a whole series of one word uh, themes, which, uh, you know, that's also great to focus on. And one of the words was focus. So there you go. Focus, strength, happiness, mercy, more gratitude, nourishment, smile, create and rise. So there you go. We have a really, I, I would like group. to, I'd like to be with all of those people. Cause if that's, those are the themes that they're working on. Sounds like they are wonderful people. Don't you think, Liam? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm more the I am not pizza, but. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Start fresh. Fresh start. That has pizza implications. Maybe I'll start making more pizza and it's going to be fresh. See, Jill? It works so many levels. That's that. I mean, that's the thing about a theme. You've got to be able to stick to it and and you've got to be able to adapt to every situation. So good. 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 Well, Lynn, I wanted to tell you about something that I am doing in the new year and it may be of um, interest. You, you uh, talked a little bit at the top of the podcast and that is about my big, this is my first big authors conference that I am going to solo. Okay. Because it's in Texas. And so that's the thing, but it's called the wonderful world of pulpwood Queens. And this is the largest meeting and discussing book club in the world. That's where they claim. Mm -hmm. And they are having a three-day event in Natchitoches, Texas. And I'm going, Lee, and we are, I'm, on, I'm on one of the panels. But, um, Which will this, be really fun, I have to say. It's going to be super fun it's, to be on the panel. Yes. They've invited a bunch of authors. It's in this, uh, you know, it looks like a r- super cute town in Texas. Uh, they have women come, a lot of women coming to it. They have over 2,000 2, members. I don't know. I'm sure they're going to have plenty of people at this event and so it's it's going to be a great time to hear from other authors and you get to meet the other authors and uh, and you get to meet all these wonderful women uh, that love to read books and love to be in their book clubs. Now, one part of this particular book conference that makes it special is they are all in on costumes, Liam. So for the uh, Thursday night event, which I'm in, uh, uh, there is a requirement that all the authors dress um, as woodland fairies. That's my that's my assignment. Okay. Right now, and, I am and, and, I am yeah. go- I am googling woodland fairies right now. Okay, because just... this is and I asked I asked for your help on it. You wrote back. Just think headgear. Maybe <laughs> I could come up with some headgear. Right. I asked my, you know, very, very clever and creative daughter-in-law, Lauren. Oh, yeah. What she thought uh, when she heard about the Woodland Fairy uh, costume requirement. And she said maybe a wand would be good. You know, just <laughs> a wand. Yeah. And accessories. Sparkly, just and accessories. <laughs> sparkly t-shirt or yeah. something like that. Oh, there you go. Sparkly t-shirt. 
a sparkly. But then I then I thought I would I don't have a sparkly T-shirt. So no, I'd you don't. Make, I'd have to no. make one. No, and not that a... sounds dangerous. That sounds dangerous. You have a lot of nice silk blouses, but those don't really translate to woodland creature. So okay, I don't know. So anyway, I just want to <clears> mention <throat> it. Uh, there are still, as I understand, because I checked on the web website, uh, there's still a, a limited number of spots available. If you want to join us in Natchitoches, Texas, January 14th through 17th, you can go to beautyandthebook.com where all the information is available. I also posted this on the Satellite Sisters events page. You'll find it on various other social media sites as well, or Facebook page and stuff like that. Um, so, Julie, you are what? What day is your panel? Thursday, you... Thursday night. So, and then you're, have... are you signing at any point? Uh, yes. Then I will be there Friday and Saturday signing. Yes. Really, two days? <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. I know, know Leanne. Yes. Yes, sister. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I am looking at a beautiful site on Etsy right now yeah. where you can buy some fairy wings that look pretty nice. <laughs> I'm just saying they're pretty nice. And and then you could just wear a dress with fairy wings. Like you, if you got these wings, you wouldn't have to do anything else. But you have to serve dinner in the fairy costume? Yes. Yes. I have to serve dinner in the it's fairy costume. a lot costume. of work, man. I know. Like, I know. I know. So I don't want to hear from you other sisters on any other events. Okay. All right then. Fine. <laughs> Julie, we're all doing our we're all doing our part. We're all doing yes, our part. Yes, no, I look forward to it. I mean it's gonna be great fun to be with women who love to read books. How, all right. You know? If any of you are going or know anybody going to this girlfriend's weekend, please get in touch. You know, maybe Julie yeah. can connect. That would be good. It's good to have yes. a few people to connect with. Well, Julie, that's exciting. All right. Mm-hmm. Other news out of Texas. The only news story I really followed this this uh holiday vacation, because it was the only news story they were talking about, was you know, the terrible story of that affluenza teen who uh, skipped the country to Mexico with his mother. So there was a manhunt and then they found them in Mexico and now now they, they're trying to extradite them from, Los, from Mexico to Los Angeles to Texas to be prosecuted for skipping bail. And this is the kid that four years ago uh, like killed four people yeah, uh, when he was drunk driving. He used the affluenza defense that he was so rich and his parents indulged his every whim, he didn't really know right from wrong and he was given 10 years probation for killing four people uh because he was a minor 16 and he violated his probation by drinking he was never supposed to drink and something posted online him at a party playing beer pong and he fled to mexico with his mother but because of the way the laws work in texas he probably won't get any jail time now that they found him but his mother could get 10 years Right, right. For aiding and abetting, which I have to say, you know, I love my sons and uh, there's something about unconditional love, but I did announce to them, we were watching the news story, it was like, I am never fleeing to Mexico with you, okay? (laughs) There is a limit to unconditional love and that's it. Like, I am not taking jail time for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was not part of the social contract when I gave birth. That story is amazing to me. Like, what would possess the mother of a 19-year-old boy to do that. I, I don't... She I, says, you know, her claim, because she's back in Los Angeles, uh, you know, uh, her claim is that she's done nothing wrong, that she didn't aid and abet him, and that she's broken no laws. So she's claiming her innocence. Like, oh, this was just... She was down there on vacation or something, and, oh, he happened to show up with the dyed hair. I don't know. It's, it's a very troubling case. And the worst part... Are the victims terrible? I mean, terrible. This, this was a good Samaritan on the side of the road helping a family. Yeah. Okay, and this drunk kid plowed into these four people, you know, and their lives, you know, were shattered and ruined. And you know, and then, yes, as part of his sentencing, they came up with this affluenza thing that he, you know, he was never taught right or wrong. That you know, he was. You know, they had, you know, he just never had to pay for any of the consequences associated with his life. And I don't know, because of his age, because he didn't have any previous uh, police records or whatever, they gave him this really light sentence and no jail time. And obviously it did nothing because uh, those, you know, those videos did did emerge. So and it's not likely from everything I've read, Lee, in here in the local papers that 
you know, the, all, the only jail time he might see if he comes back is like 120 days for something, you know, minor for, you know, a probation violation. So. Yeah. yeah, just an incredible story and one I just do not understand from the parents' point of view at all. So, uh, so there you go. That's the only new, that's the only new story I was following. Yeah. But I, I, I informed my son, that will not be me. I'm not going to Mexico to pay your barbell like she apparently did. Your $1,000 barbell while you're, you know, fleeing from the law. Forget it. Just awful, awful, awful. Well, Leanne, I have some news. I don't know if this will cheer you up. Um, I don't know your position on raccoons, but uh, apparently it's a big, it's a big issue in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, This came to my attention. It was a big story in the New York Times about the raccoon population in Brooklyn. Now, by get people know that New York has a lot of rats and blah blah blah. But did you know that the raccoon population has exploded uh, in in some of the boroughs, and that now the number of calls um, into their you know their information line, the New York City public service lines, the three one one number has has really increased because. Uh, raccoons are going crazy. People are reporting that, you know, there are raccoons wilding in the backyard. <laughs> That's what one more moment wrote. Well, they're, yeah. they're wild. So, yeah. So they're, yeah. Okay. yeah that's what so- they do. So that they were like beating up her cat and they were, you know, taking down, you know, eating her, you know, eating all her vegetables. Uh, and, but here's the thing about these urban raccoons mm-hmm. that, once they are, once they are, you know, if you have a raccoon in your backyard, what you have to do is you're going to have to call an exterminator. They come and trap it. And the city law, because raccoons carry rabies, is that those raccoons are supposed to be just killed in a humane fashion. But apparently, I guess because the exterminators either feel kindly towards the cute little raccoons with their little hands. Right. Or, they're cute. They're, they're not killing them. What they're doing is they're taking the raccoons and they're releasing them in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Oh. Which is I go with my granddaughter, Josephine. Okay. Oh. They are releasing these raccoons back into the wild. Okay. To a nice place because they don't want to kill them. Okay. You know, that, so you can understand that. You can but understand that. Yes. But here's the problem. These urban raccoons, they don't know anything about living in the wild. They want to live in a chimney in in your apartment. (laughs) They want to live on your fire escape and eat your garbage. Okay. So the problem is the raccoons are going into the park and then the raccoons are heading directly to the nearest building to get back on the gravy tank train and start eating some more garbage and terrorizing your cats and your dogs and just you know, staring, they have a lot of people reporting that raccoons enjoy sitting on fire escapes and staring in the apartment windows (laughs) at you. I love that. So well, I like any story about New Yorkers encountering wildlife because they freak out. Remember when there was that like one coyote in Central Park and the whole city was like up in arms? Oh my God. You know, and they tracked that coyote like, right. you know, like it was Bigfoot until they took him down. So yes. any any wildlife encounter in New York is just it just freaks people out. Well, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the coyotes, Lee, and because of the coyotes, they have video cameras all over the city parks to track the coyotes. But what they're finding on some of these videos is some some movie star raccoons. There is now a very famous pizza raccoon okay who is sitting in a tree eating a giant piece of pizza <laughs> which you gotta love that That's and then great. there's drunk raccoon oh love it found his way into like a small uh, craft beer operation <laughs> and was apparently enjoying some hops and ale yeah night so anyway they've got they've got a real problem there and uh it's now my problem because because this is where uh, Prospect Park, that's where I like to take uh, my granddaughter, Josephine. So I'm going to get very involved in the wildlife management of raccoons in Brooklyn. Okay. And I'm going to report back to you. Thank you. Well, I, I can report back on some wildlife at our house. You know, uh, about five months ago, six months ago, this cat showed up and I started feeding it. Right. So the cat, yes. I haven't touched it yet. I don't never going to, the cat doesn't come in the house. Uh, but every day it shows up 
roughly every day on my front porch looking for some food. So I put a plate of cheap cat food out and we have a nice relationship. It's fine. (laughs) But I have noticed that if the cat doesn't come, I'm also attracting some other wildlife. So like Thanksgiving, (laughs) we looked out and I was like, oh, there's the cat. And then he turned and it was like a white faced possum. I was like, oh, oh. And then the other night there was, I thought, oh, there's the cat. And it was a raccoon eating. And then, and then just last night I was like, oh, look, it's a skunk eating the cat food. (laughs) Okay, Leanne, I'm going to, I'm going to report you. I'm going to report you. This is not what I wanted. So the new rule is if the cat doesn't eat by six o'clock, I'm picking up the plate of food. You get two hours cat to eat that food. Otherwise it's gone because I can't. I can't risk this. Who knows what's going to show up next? You Ugh. you don't want some urban L.A. West Side raccoon. That could be bad. Lane. No, it could be bad. It could be bad. All right. Uh, Julie, speaking of news from New York, uh, on the in Midtown, there's a different kind of raccoon that, that happens. <laughs> and those are the power players who lunch at the Four Seasons. And the New York Times uh, had this article, and it's kind of an only in New York thing. Like, why would you care about the Four Seasons? And why would you care about what people who go to lunch at the Four Seasons are wearing. But then when you read the quotes, they are fantastic. So I just wanted to share some with our audience. And then you can go on to your regular lives because, of course, none of this really matters. (laughs) But it's quite delightful. And it features our gal, Martha Stewart, who happened to be there at lunch the day that the reporter from The Times was there taking photos and interviewing people on what they're going to wear to lunch at the Four Seasons. Now, the Four Seasons is a spectacular dining room in New York. It's been around for 56 years, and it's actually in the Seagram's building. It was designed by Philip Johnson and and Mies van der Rohe, and uh, it's closing uh, in the fall. So it's closing in July. So now there's a scramble to get in your last few power lunches there at the Four Seasons. So this photographer and reporter went and asked a bunch of people what they were wearing and how they dressed for the Four Seasons. And just to give you a tidbit, so Martha, her, her occupation is listed as domestic goddess. She's wearing an Hermes coat, Julie, and she okay. is rocking leather pants and a black a black t-shirt. Uh, she thinks her shoes are from uh, Louboutin. I never understand how to say that. But then, no, no, she remembers she's from that place. They're from that place up on Park Avenue, Walter Steiger. And then the reporter says, I, I see you're leaving lunch with some cookies. And this is the Martha we know and love. She said, the cookies are for the driver. I never go anywhere for lunch without getting cookies for the driver. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. So considerate. She's that's the year of mercy right there. Yes, that's an act of it. mercy, isn't Cookies it? Cookies from Martha. Yeah. So Julie, the next time you go to lunch you know, don't get your driver say lunch. Just bring him cookies. Lunch or cash. How about cash? <laughs> How about a, a higher hour hourly rate? Okay. All right. Uh, There's another group. These two are like classic New York art people. One is the director of MoMA and a curator curator at large. And the other one is the president Emirata of MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. So he's younger. She's, She's a woman of a certain age in New York. So they ask him where his outfit is. He's wearing like a striking suit and overcoat and everything. And this is his response. H&M, Levi's, Zara. It's very $2. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that's a line. Yeah. Come on. That's a line we can, yeah, we can totally, we can totally steal, right? When we are wearing, for us, H&M, Levi's, and Zara is what we wear every day, but now we can just, oh, it's very $2. So I like that. And then she says, oh, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm wearing. I have to wear sleeves because I'm old and I'm fat. And when you get to my age, women do have trouble with their arms. So you have to agree with that, right? I do. I do. It <laughs> seems like much too much information to give out to the New York Times reporter. And she should just like, pull herself together. She's eating lunch at the Four Seasons. Okay. All right. Here's another woman, Sarah Steingart. Her occupation is listed as wine consultant. Which mm. I think you and I qualify as wine. <laughs> yes, I do a lot of consulting in the evening, Leon. <laughs> yes. I do my best work with wine, say after six p.m. And she refuses to give her age, so there you go about that. And she's wearing a very striking red dress. And and so the reporter said, "Tell me about your dress." And he she says, "Oh, it's Alexandra McQueen from a few seasons ago, but because my birthday is in December." I wear red every single day in December. 
either an Alexander McQueen red dress or Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> so there you go. That's another thing we can steal, right? Right. But, but we're going to go to where? Target. To $2. Our- we're going very $2 with our red dress, but uh, <laughs> there you go. And then finally, Julie, of course, who's there but Henry Kissinger. Oh. Uh, and uh, the reporter says, may I ask where your suit is from? And his response is, my what? <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking big things, Leanne. And then, where did you get your suit? I have no idea. And then, how was lunch? I think we've done enough. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Just a report from the 1% there at the Four Seasons. Not raccoons, Julie, but you might want to check into that the next time you're in the big city. I will, Leah. All right, coming up, we have Downton Gabby uh, on Satellite Sisters, so stay tuned for that if you are a Downton Abbey fan. If you were just joining us, please check out all of the Satellite Sisters podcasts at SatelliteSisters.com. You can also join our Facebook group. We have new members every day. That's kind of a spot where you can contribute as much as you'd like there, and there are some wonderful posts at Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you want to be part of a large, warm, fun, supportive group who seems to have a good handle on life, I I suggest joining the Facebook group. We have to approve you, but then the content is really driven by the rest of the members of the Satellite Sisterhood. And there have been some amazing posts this year, haven't there already, Julie? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a wonderful group there. We also have an official page on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Sat Sisters. Okay, we'll be back with Down Gabby. Stay tuned. Leanne Dolan from Satellite Sisters here. On behalf of all my sisters, we wanted to say thank you for making You're the Best a Celebration of Friendship such a special experience for all of us. Our new book came out this fall, and you came out to book events all over the country. We appreciate your support, and we want you to know that we think, honestly, you're just the best, Satellite Sisterhood. For more information about the book and our new readers group guide, go to SatelliteSisters.com. Remember, you're the best. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. This is our recap of Downton Abbey. We call it Downton Gabby. Welcome to the final season of Downton Abbey. We are happy to be here with you. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. We're known as two of the five Satellite Sisters. Hey, Jewel, aren't you glad we're back doing Downton Gabby? It's bittersweet. Leon, it was like uh, starting with some restorative broth to watch this show again. But yes, it is a little bittersweet. I saw those Viking ads and I thought, what's going to happen to them after Down Abbey? <laughs> right? What is, what's what going to happen to all those boats? I don't and know. Nobody will, I don't know. I, and I have to say, being from Pasadena, I recently saw the Down Abbey float in the Rose Parade. <gasps> and yes. It was wonderful. It's not dynamic to have a big house on a float. I have to say that. Like, it was cool to see it on a float, but it's not the same as having like bears that move their heads, you know, like the other floats. Um, but one thing I loved was that they had the music, the theme going. And so Lady Cora was there on the float. They had a car and a driver and a big floral display and everything like that. That was spectacular. But the theme, it was just such a contrast to, you know, the other music coming from floats like staying alive staying alive <laughs> instead we had a dun 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 I know. dun it's it was just am- it's an amazing theme it really does transport you and to see those opening scenes you know that's what i mean you settle in you see the bells ringing you see isis the dog walking across the the great lawns oh i just loved it and now we have to say, we admitted earlier on the Satellite Sisters podcast, Julie and I did no reading about season six. We don't have insights for you. We didn't watch any of the previews. I didn't even read the interviews in the New York Times with the whole cast. I stayed away from anything on TV. I did not want to know one shred of what might happen. Julie, what was your what was that your was protocol? No, same, same thing, Lee. And I, I, I really felt like I wanted to just come to this very fresh uh, savor every moment of it. And I don't need other people to tell me what to think about Down Abbey. As, uh, that's it. All right. So British people, just keep it to yourselves. Okay. We know you know, but we don't want to know. <laughs> that's just the thing. We love you, but we don't want to know about Down Abbey. All right. So we start and Julie, we're off to the hunt. First scene, off we go. Lord Grantham leads us. Horses, you know, foxhounds, foxes. I yeah. love that they have the little a nip of something out of those silver cups delivered by the all the, the butlers before they take off, Leanne. Yes, a good hunt. That's a good way to start season six. 
And we know, here's what we know. We know it's 1925, and we know this. Everybody at Downton Abbey is very, very grumpy. Did you feel that, Julie? They're all grumpy. Here, for example, Lord Grantham, very, very grumpy. The times they are changing. He mm-hmm. just cannot get over change, can he, Jewel? No, that's not his strong point, Leanne, uh, to be flexible, to be adaptable. I mean, he's all about tradition, right? So, of course, he wouldn't like the change. Lady Mary, very, very grumpy. She's being blackmailed, and she's very grumpy that Edith even exists. I mean, <laughs> really, she, she, I know, it is very icy between the two sisters. They don't, they don't talk, they don't touch and actually, I thought Edith was like having a good show. She was she was yes. kind of quirky, which yeah. was driving Mary crazy. I know there was actual eye rolling, eye rolling. That's how grumpy she was. I mean, that's not good breeding, eye rolling on camera. All right, also grumpy, Mrs. Hughes, pretty grumpy that she has to consummate her impending marriage. What was that about? It's a lot of pressure there. She's she has a lot of pressure. You know, it's just. Just thinking about it all just uh, really, you know, was more than she could cope with, Liam. Well, frankly, watching it all was a lot of pressure for us. Don't you think? It was more than I could cope with, really. (laughs) I had to look away. Had to look away during the big um, SEX talk. Okay? That's all I can say. And then Mrs. Patmore, very grumpy that she has to be the messenger to tell Carson, hey, by the way, wife doesn't want to do it. I mean, that seemed... I don't know how, Mrs. Carter. You, you would. I'd have to drink a lot more port to to have that kind of conversation with somebody else. I mean, really, Mrs. Patmore, you're the best, man. Because that was a tough gig. I mean, good. There's good friends, and then there's that gig. All right, you know who else was grumpy? The Dowager Countess. She was very grumpy that Tom had moved to Boston. You know. Yes, I know. I know. Well, I miss Tom. I have to say, oh. I miss Tom. I miss Rose. Yep. I miss the gramophone. You know, I, I just, I miss all of that. Uh, I understand why Tom had to go, but maybe he's going to come back to, for like uh, Christmas or something. That's I, hope. I, I hope. I hope because hope. everyone is so grumpy. Also grumpy is cousin Isabel. Oh, she's grumpy about some nonsense at the hospital. All right. Um, Even I, though she has not one, but two adoring suitors. How does Isabel have two men and like our sister Liz has none? How is that? How How old do you think Isabel is? That's what, during this episode, I I wanted to know how old is Mrs. Patmore? How old is Mrs. Hughes? And how old is, is Isabel? I don't know. How old are those women? I don't know. They could be a million or they could be 40. Like that's, don't British women look like that? I don't know. I don't know how old they are. They all talk. I thought they were like a hundred, but then they all seem to have love lives and sex lives and all kinds of things. Who knew? Who knew? Okay. Daisy, very grumpy that her farmer, uh, father-in-law is being booted off the farm. I mean, you know, come on, Daisy. She was grumpy. All the downstairs folks, very grumpy about potential downsizing. They're all, that was. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, you can understand that. I mean, as Lord Grantham said, who has an underbutler these days? (laughs) Did Martha Stewart say that or did Lord (laughs) Grantham say that? I'm not sure. But really, know. who has an underbutler? Hmm. Yeah, so they're worried about that. It's yeah. true. It's true. And then, frankly, we're all grumpy that that stupid Bates storyline, murder storyline, is even continuing. I mean, honestly, I know, I know Bates is smiling. Ugh. He's smiling, but I just still can't trust him. Poor yeah. Anna, yeah. too. She's poor Anna. She had a lot this. I know this she did. I, and I had like blocked out that stupid second murder storyline that this poor married couple is, is facing. Yes. But yes. you're right. Every time he smiles now, Bates, I think he's something, he's up to something. He's up to something. <laughs> I honestly, the only ones in the show that were not grumpy. Okay. Lady Cora, because she clearly is medicated again. I mean, they, she, I know. Well, she was up. I liked it that she was vertical. She was upright. She wasn't horizontal. She wasn't in bed the whole time. But she has just no idea what's going on. She's I mean, none. She's no idea. Okay. Lady Rose, apparently not grumpy because she's in New York, where I I'm know. sure she's exploring her love of all things jazz, don't you? Yes. Yes. I... <laughs> And, and, and then, you know, Julie, I was pretty convinced that at some point in my marriage, uh, my husband has also asked, is this the refrigerator? (laughs) Okay. Sure. Okay. When Lord Grantham said that, yes, I, men say that all the time. We're laughing at it. Ha ha ha. It's 1925. But men this week around America are saying, well, how do you exactly do you turn this dishwasher on or 
What, what, like, what setting should I have for the washing machine? You know, they all play that, don't they, Lee? I know. They do. Right. Yeah. Who are the kids' pediatricians, anyway? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, oh, they're teenagers now. Where is the pediatrician's office? I'll never forget where, that. Do you know where my other sock is? No. I mean, this is it. It's the same <laughs> stuff. 1925, 2016, nothing has changed. So, I mean, we set up a bunch of storylines for the season. Obviously, change uh, is coming to Downton. That was sort of a storyline last year, but we're obviously going to see some economic downsizing. Uh, Obviously, Daisy's storyline about girls going, you know, uh, people who work in houses going off to work in shops. That was mentioned. So there'll be some social movement and economic movement. Uh, Mary was, you know, I I have to say, I love Lady Mary. I just love her. (laughs) She's really my hero because she has not let widowhood or war or men dying in her bed or motherhood or blackmail soften her one bit. You know what I mean? Right. Stay angry, Mary. Stay angry. I mean, I like it. (laughs) Yes, that's a big thing this time, that she is being blackmailed because of her uh, weekend in Liverpool uh, and that... Uh, that the, some chambermaid is now stalking her, um, uh, you know, throughout the show. So what did you think of that, Lane? You know what? I, I mean, I thought, uh, first of all, Mary's sex capade, it seemed kind of stupid that she signed her own name in the registry. Like, really? She's, <laughs> she's a lot smarter than that. I'm surprised the two of them would have done that. Uh, and secondly, I'm always surprised that, you know, they seem to like the servants at Downton, but other people's servants are always portrayed as sort of crass, criminals mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. have you noticed that yes you know anytime it's somebody else's servant oh they're terrible people but the downton servants are salt to the earth so uh i feel like Ms. bevan will be back but again the times they are changing so she can't hold that much over mary now and i'm just hoping that that hot matthew good comes back uh to downton this season remember the race car driver from the yes. finale last year mm-hmm. the guy who just mm-hmm. hopped right in the car and drove off to the set of the good wife um i i hope he comes back <laughs> but i hope hope she stays angry. You know, I hope that is a completely different marriage or relationship than the one she had with Matthew. So I'm looking well, forward to me, Lady Mary. After all the grumpiness and like, oh my gosh, the Bateses, now they're having miscarriages. Oh, they just can't get a break. And oh, Mrs. Patmore, we're going to so have to hear about that. And oh, she has no help. And that's going to be a downer. And of course, Mosley even showed up. Oh. <laughs> I know, but did you see? He almost tripped in the dogs, the hunting dogs at the beginning, <laughs> in the opening scene. I know. Mosley, Mosley, Mosley. Okay. But he, he's trying, Leon. He's trying. <laughs> what did you think of the blackmail? Did you, did you buy that? Did you think? Well, I mean, I thought it was kind of a weak storyline yeah. because she wasn't already a married woman. It right. wasn't like she was, you know, a debutante, as, her, as, her, uh, as Lord Grantham uh, says later in the episode. Yeah. But uh, she was sort of... She did have some, there was, she brought a tone of evil, um, of, or of some, something yeah. dark, uh, to the show. So that was good. And I did like the way Mary stood up to her and, uh, and I would like to see Mary, you know, with a love interest. Yeah. I always find those interesting, uh, at, in this series. So I hope she, I hope there is a, some new, some new handsome character for, uh, for Mary to fall in love with. Now, what about Edith? Edith is not grumpy. And I think she should take advantage of that apartment just sitting there in London and get the heck out of Downton. Don't you? I, I know. I mean, she has, this was the best she's ever been. I mean, now she has her little daughter, Miss Marigold is under, you know, is living, living at home. Uh, and she has her own apartment and she has her own newspaper and yes, she's independent. She should do that. And, uh, she should get out from under because she's not getting much love. I mean, from her sister and her mother, I don't know, just it's not providing much guidance so that's the kindest thing i can say about lady what what if that is a storyline if lady cora gets on the delauden and like has to go into rehab that would be awesome (laughs) (laughs) oh that'd be funny Okay. No, I, I hope Edith goes to London because there's yes. great clothes in London. Rosalind, the, you know, the sexy aunt is in London. There could yeah. be a lot of good storylines in London. Mm-hmm. So I hope she gets the heck out of Dodge for a while. And then, uh, and then I have to say my favorite scenes were, um, okay, before we get to that, the hospital power grab. At the, <laughs> I have no interest in this storyline. 
What what is this storyline, Julie? I don't know, Lynn, but it, it did provide. Uh, it was a fun board meeting to watch. Yes, the they were screaming at each other. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, it was it was really great, and I loved it when uh, when. Uh, when the late, when Lady Crawley was, when they said, does it ever get cold on the moral high ground? That was a great question. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. Or, or, you know, so, I mean, it's just provided an opportunity for the two of them to spar. You know, is it just, they're, they're going at it. They're yeah. dueling Leon and it, and, and that's good. We want more of that. We don't really want them to be friends. I think it's more it's more fun when when they have issues with each other. Yeah. So. Yeah. Team of rivals. Team of rivals. But it was interesting in that scene, um, the board uh, discussion scene, the hospital board discussion scene. Lady Cora, I don't know whether she she had just a hard time following the conversation. Her head was like like. Did you know, I don't know if you noticed it. It was I had to watch the show twice, but she just could not keep up with the conversation at all. <laughs> I had to go back and watch. Oh yeah, I got to watch for that. Maybe these are the early signs of the Dilaudin addiction. Could be. Okay. Could be. What what was that they used to give people for the vapors? Wasn't it like or this isn't this when they started giving out cocaine in the twenties? It's like a he- with health benefits. Yes, maybe that's... I think that's... Okay, that'd be good. I hope... (laughs) Well, we know it's all written, so we can't change the course of it, but uh, that would be good. All right, here are the scenes I liked. I did like the scene when Mr. Carson kind of, you know, he had to admit that he's totally hot for Mrs. Hughes. I I know, that was... That was was very charming. Charming and dignified. Yes. 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 And what, like, three quarters of the audience watching thought their husband was, or, or, you know beloved was thinking about them so so Again, excellent how old do you think how old do you think mr carson is <laughs> i don't know these thoughts were just running through my mind again because i did we well we had the blank page land i we didn't do the deep preparation no. it was just these are just our our fresh impressions yes and then finally when the bait storyline was wrapped up we had to have not one but two scenes when the constable came to give the update and now some strange woman had confessed and there was a witness and then there was Vov Clico for all <laughs> i popped a bottle of Vov Clico because i was like thank you we have wrapped this tedious storyline <laughs> So, and did you enjoy uh, Mrs. Patmore dancing with the constable? That was, that was a nice <laughs> touch. <laughs> All right. So do you have any predictions for the upcoming season, Julie? Any, anything you'd like to see other than that? Any other thoughts on this? Some favorite Well, I do, I do want Ma- uh, Lady Mary uh, to get a love life. I think yeah. that would be very, very important. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if Edith goes to London, she's got to do something. Yeah. I would like something to happen to her. I mean, those two really need to uh, get it on. I like it that the children are speaking and running now rather than <laughs> in previous seasons. They've just been, you know, uh, just not moving around uh, too much. Um, I'm not sure Thomas is the best choice, though. For uh, for a lot of interaction with the kids. I mean, he's proven himself to be pretty dastardly right. and pretty right. scheming and pretty underhanded. Right. So right. if they won't let the other footmen spend a lot of time with Thomas, I'm surprised they're letting him, you know, carry <laughs> Marigold around all day, frankly. <laughs> Good point, Leah. <laughs> okay. And Daisy. I mean, you know, yeah. I love Daisy. Yeah. And uh, she had... You know, she she just she got really out of control, um, you know, with, the, you know, in this episode. But I really just I would like to see good come to her. So I would like a good storyline for Daisy. Yeah, I think there's couldn't Daisy appear in that Meryl Streep movie about the women's vote. Doesn't that work? <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> Isn't it right about the same time? Yes, maybe it is. not. All right. Yeah, I would definitely like to see Tom make a return from Boston. I'm sure he will. He's been in a lot of the promotional material, even though I've tried not to see it. He's been in the photos. I think Rose needs to come back a little bit, uh, a little bit of time. And I would like to see Mary as a businesswoman, too. I'd like to see her yes. love interest. But now, you know, now that she's been bribed and she stood up to Mrs. Bevan, Ms. Bevan, yes. uh, her father said, oh, OK, I guess you can run the estate. A heck of a lot better than you did, buddy. You practically ran it into the ground with your old school <laughs> idea and mary and tom saved it uh but um so i'd like to see mary as businesswoman yeah and edith as sort of um you know avant-garde literary you know involved 
uh, Londoner. I think those would yes. be good. That would be exciting to see the women sort of define fresh roles for themselves. Yes. And the clothing I thought was outstanding. Outstanding. On the first step. Yep. So yep. we want them to hold on to the staff enough that they can continue to get dressed for formal <laughs> dinners. Okay. Because if they give away the staff, right. then, you know, we're not going to see some of their fancy clothes. Yeah. So. How are they going to put all that headgear on? How are, they, how are the women going to be able to attach all those fascinators Headbands. to their heads? And I that, that I loved the, like the plum, uh, silk dress that Mary was wearing yes. at yes. the end when she could, that color, that color combination was beautiful. Gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. So we are looking forward to next week. Vuv on ice. Let's go. We're ready. We're here. We got it. This is Downton Gabby. All right. If you are new to Satellite Sisters, we would love you to go check out our other podcasts. We've been doing them for years, almost as long as, as Downton Abbey has uh, been. <laughs> Actually, right? Because it when did it start? 1912, when the Titanic yes. sank. So, yeah, longer. We have, we are our run has been longer than the timeline of Downton Abbey. Okay, <laughs> that's a very strong point, Liam. Not really. Thank you, though. But I'm not sure what it means. But but that's good. It's a good point. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'd also like to thank Audible for their support of this podcast. Remember, you can go uh, check out Audible for 30 days for free at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. The book we recommended that you listen to at Audible is a historical uh, book, uh, To Marry an English Lord. It's the real story of the 100 American heiresses that went to England around 1914 to marry English lords. And it's a very lively social history. It's full of all kinds of personalities and gossiping anecdotes and houses and uh, period details. So if you like Downton Abbey, you're going to want to check out To Marry an English Lord on Audible, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. All right, Jill, have a great week. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.